0: Our lesson this morning is from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verses 24 through 35. Hear now the word of the Lord. The next day, when the people who remained after the feeding of the 5,000 saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, When did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you were looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate from your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What? must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That They said, they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated.
1: My friends, it's a delight to be with you in worship. I'm so happy to see so many of you who haven't seen in some time. It is certainly a joy to gather and to hear the bell choir for the first time, and for, for a long time, I guess. But thanks for coming back and playing for us, Herb and Carolyn. Thank you for your musical skills. I just think it's lovely to hear the people of God making noise in praise of God, don't you? And since you're wearing masks, many of you are, I'm going to need thumbs ups for smiles so I can tell how I'm doing. And I'm going to have to have you laugh extra loud, okay? That's just going to help me out. Let's turn our hearts to God in prayer. Before we do, empty your lungs of all the air so that the next breath you take in, you can feel the breath of God. Breathe in the breath of God. Creator, we're thankful that you've gathered us together in this place. And we simply ask that your Holy Spirit fill us today Send your spirit to be with anyone who can hear my voice for you. And I know that without you, I can do nothing. Send your spirit that we may be filled and renewed. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All during COVID, many people worried about losing their job. The economy doesn't look great when you're in a global pandemic, it turns out. And I, like you, probably wondered what would happen if I lost my job. I used to make quips to my wife, I could probably get a job easily with Amazon delivery services. My house is on a street with 45 homes in a little no-outlet neighborhood. And the amount of Prime trucks or delivery trucks or FedEx trucks or UPS trucks that would be on the street at the same time was absolutely out of control. And I'm embarrassed to tell you, well, I'm not going to, but I'm embarrassed to admit that I purchased a lot online myself over COVID. Sometimes it's that boredom of scrolling through your phone at night. Sometimes you start thinking that you have needs that you may or may not have and it's all too easy to shop from home. There was one day I was sitting at my workstation at home and I could hear that ring doorbell go off. So I looked at my cell phone and I saw not one, not two, not three packages, but a mountain of packages at the front door. So I went outside to retrieve them. There were some that had my mom's name on them because she likes to order stuff online and have it shipped to the house quite a bit. There was packages that had my name on it because I do the same. And then there were some for Colleen. So I took Colleen her packages and I said, honey, what's this? And she looked at me with a somewhat embarrassed look and said, I can't remember. In culture, we got a funny little word for this. It's called primenesia. People buy so much that they forget maybe what they've purchased online. Well, the point of it is, is we live in a consumerist society, don't we? Some people call it a materialistic society, and I'm not sure that's actually accurate. We're consumerists, not materialists. You see, if we were materialists, we'd actually care about what we get, but here's how it actually works. Psychologists and philosophers have told us that people get excited about a new purchase. They may even trick themselves into thinking it'll make them happy for a time. And usually it lasts for a split moment until you have the thing purchased in your shopping cart or at home. At that moment, your interest in the thing that you've purchased starts to decline, and you begin thinking about the next thing that you want to buy. You see, we human creatures are needy creatures, We all have that thing inside of us, each one of us, like a hole or a vacuum, and we try to find things to fill that up. I once trained at a mixed martial arts gym. I'm a pacifist. I don't even believe in violence, but I like the idea of tricking myself into exercise, and I like self-mastery of the body. I had no interest in competing with this stuff or going into the ring for real, but there was a guy there who trained, and he was a professional fighter. He was built like a brick house, and his face bore the story of many scrapes he had been into before. This guy was scary, so powerful, so fast, so flexible, so adept at his martial arts skills. Whenever I'd hear him kick the bag, it made me wince. I got to know him. We became friendly, and I asked him, whatever got you into this fighting business? And he said, that's simple. I was afraid. You afraid? Talked about when he was a kid, he was a runt, and he got picked on, and he was afraid. And so he spent a lot of years of his life making it so that most people could not dominate him physically. What's interesting is, I got to know him more, and over time I realized something about this guy. He was still afraid of things. There were still a lot of fears in his life, maybe about other things than stepping in the ring. But he had fear nonetheless. I think St. Augustine is right when he says that there's a God-shaped hole or vacuum in all of us, and it's only something that God can fill. I think in a large way that's What Jesus is getting at here, you see, he's been doing all these signs and wonders. He just fed 5,000 people with some loaves and fish, and, and now they're clamoring upon him, much like waves that relentlessly crash on top of a swimmer. They just keep coming, and they want to see more signs. We human creatures love the idea of signs, of being amazed by something that we can see with our eyes. They want more signs. And Jesus tells them the truth. You're not coming to me because of the signs that I've done, but because I fed you. It wasn't the sign, it was that I gave you bread, bread to eat, and you were filled. But we humans, we are enticed by signs, so much so that I'm convinced that, that we will look for them in the world to make some sense of our lives. Oh, I'll never forget when I was a younger man. Whitney Houston's cover of Dolly Parton's And I Will Always Love You was popular. I was a helpless romantic in love, desperately in love with this girl. Can't remember her name. She sat behind me in English class, and I always fantasized as I heard that song that I was going to express my feelings for her. One night, I was lying in bed, half asleep, listening to the radio, and all of a sudden... Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You comes on. And this is the day before the first dance of the year. And I'm woken to that sound in the middle of the song where it goes quiet for a moment, and then you hear (laughs) and I, I, thank you, Ron, with two hands. And I just knew as I laid there, full of helpless romanticism, that that was my sign. That the next day at the dance, she was going to learn of my love for her and we'd marry each other and all this stuff. And then I went to the dance all day long, too afraid to really tell her how I felt. And then Whitney Houston's song comes on. And I thought, this is a sign. This is how, how, how can this be that this song would play right now? I think it was number one on the billboard charts. There was a pretty good chance it was gonna play. I began to look for her around the dance and I saw her sitting over on the floor with her friends crying about something. I never went and told her how I felt, but the point is, I was trying to construct some meaning out of my life. I was looking for some sense of purpose. I think when we wanna see signs, it's a symbol that we wanna know that something or someone is in control, and that life isn't simply accidental. And signs, being impressed, well that's really fleeting too, isn't it? How many of us have been blown away by some wonderful work of beauty, or truth, or goodness, and just knew in our bones that God was there and not silent, only to doubt later? The signs are fleeting, but bread is filling. See, Jesus is the bread of God, and Jesus is God come to be with us to actually fill us where we're the most empty. I think St. Augustine is right further when he writes, our hearts are restless until they find rest in you, O God. Let me repeat that. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you, O God. This is the heart of the spiritual journey. It's the heart of what we call religion. I spoke some time ago telling you that the word religion needs a bit of redeeming in our culture. All it means in the Latin is to bind back, as in to bind back to the source. What true religion is binds us back to the source of life. When we gather here, in corporate worship so that as a people, as a body, we can be bound back to God, the giver of life, the sustainer of life, the one who fills us up when we're most empty. That's what we do when we gather for worship. We're trying to bind ourselves back to God. One phrase I don't like to hear when people talk about worship is that they say something like, well, I enjoyed it or liked it. I don't like it when they say, I didn't like worship today. Worship isn't necessarily about being enjoyed. You may enjoy it, but that's not its purpose. It's not about what you enjoy. It's about what you need. I remember throwing an All Saints Day service at a former congregation. That's one of those services where you reflect on those who've gone before you. They're in the grave. And you want to be inspired by their lives to live better yourself and it's a day you remember also that you're going to die. Many people are unaware of the fact that in our, baked into our church's liturgy and year, we remind each other that you are going to die. Ash Wednesday is all about reminding you that you're from the dust, and the dust it is that you shall return. Good news. None of us are going to escape this world alive. So part of what religion or spirituality is about is Preparing ourselves for our own funerals. Life is short. What are you going to make of it while you have it? What will you choose to fill yourself up? Things that go away or with the bread of God? It's not about what we want to enjoy or prefer. It's about what we need. Oh, and there are good things, too. There are good things that we do, you do to try to fill up the hole in our hearts. We might say, I go to church four Sundays a month. Or I've increased my donation to help with ministries. Or I volunteer X amount of hours with the homeless or with the children. Do You see, we won't be satiated if our lives live before God are lists for things just to be checked and marked off to prove our worth. What we need to remember is how wildly and profoundly loved we are by the God who made us. That He would come to be with us, and sit with us, and give us what we need. Here it is bread. He's the very bread of God. The very sustaining part of God is given to you, that you, who are empty may be made whole. So we get filled up not by another order online or what have you, but by eating our fill of loaves.